Concerning this life, it is rather simple. There were two trees in the midst of paradise. One was called the tree of life and the other the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Concerning the second tree, Adam and Eve were warned not to eat of it. Their choices were rather simple. Eat of the tree of life and live forever, or choose to eat of the forbidden tree of the knowledge of good and evil and die. It's rather simple. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. What is known in the faith as the Great Commission is defined by Jesus Christ in Mark 16, 15 and 16. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. It's just that simple. John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except that man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Are you born again? Born a second time? Born of the Spirit of God? Make the decision today that will literally change everything. Choose life and live. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis 18, verses 1 through 8, And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lift up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door, and bowed himself toward the ground, and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree, and I will fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort ye your hearts. After that ye shall pass on, for therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, So do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah, and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd, and uh, fetched a calf, tender and good, and gave it unto a young man, and he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk, and the calf which he had dressed, and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. God said, Isaiah seven fourteen and 15, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. God said, Proverbs chapter 30, verses 5 and 6, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Man said, if the Bible were actually authored by an all-knowing creator God, it would be replete with marvelous pronouncements. Where are they? Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature article 697, that will once again reveal marvelous pronouncements from God's holy word. Consider these features as Holy Ghost brainwashing. In God's Word, this process is called the washing of water by the Word, Ephesians 5.26. 
Every Thursday, Eve, God willing, these features grow by one. May God's face shine upon you with light and truth. Only a humbled heart can begin to discover the marvelous truths of the Word of God. Only the childlike. Proverbs twenty-two seventeen. Bow down thine ear, and hear the words of the wise, and apply thine heart unto my knowledge. A truth often repeated on God said, man said, which will be abundantly clear in this feature, is that man's truth of yesterday has been debunked by his truth of today, and his truth of today will be debunked by his truth of tomorrow. Now contrast that with Jesus Christ. John fourteen six. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Revelation 19.13, And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. The pronouncements in the Holy Bible recorded thousands of years ago are still the unassailable truth, no matter how hard the gainsayers wrangle. God spends a considerable amount of time instructing man on how to care for the ecosystem, as well as extensive instructions on the foods to eat. But invariably, carnal man has rejected the Creator's instructions. On God Said, Man Said, there are a host of amazing features that address these subjects, features that will bless your everyday life. We will highlight a few of these features, and if you want more information on the subject, use the God Said, Man Said search bar top right. Type in your keyword, and the screen will begin to populate with related subjects. God's Word commands man to bury the waste that comes from his body, but man decided to flush it instead. Municipal drinking water in certain areas of the United States have unhealthy levels of human feces in it, where public caution is advised. Frogs and fish downstream from the sewage plant runoff are suffering biologically. God commands to give land at Sabbath. Every seventh year, God instructed man not to till or plant his fields, an effective way to control harmful insects and to replenish the earth's mineral content. Man, of course, had a better way. His way to control insects is deadly insecticides. Chemical runoff from agriculture is now blamed for massive dead zones off of U.S. coastal waters where only algae can survive. As far as minerals are concerned, the crops from man's fields are becoming more and more minerally depleted. What happened to God's honeybees? According to investigators, beekeepers began to use high-fructose corn syrup to sustain the bees during the winter months, but since 2004, the chemical imidacloprid has been sprayed on the vast majority of U.S. cornfields. Imidacloprid, amongst other things, disrupts the bees' navigational system. They couldn't find their way home. Recent epidemiological studies suggest a correlation between the pesticide imidacloprid and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD, and neurogenitive conditions such as Parkinson's. Man had a better way. God said olive oil in what is known as the Mediterranean diet. Until recently, man said no and offered partially hydrogenated oils, margarine, vegetable oils, and lards, to name a few. Hundreds of millions of years of life have been forfeited as a result. God said salt is good, 
But salt has become the medical media's whipping boy. Could God's word actually be right? The headline in May 14, 2013 issue of the New York Times reads, No benefits seen in sharp limits on salt in the diet. A few sentences from the article follow. But the new expert committee, commissioned by the Institute of Medicine at the behest of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, said there was no rationale for anyone to aim for sodium levels below 2,300 milligrams a day. National dietary guidelines are 1,500 milligrams. The group examined new evidence that has emerged since the last report was issued in 2005. As you go below the 2300 mark, there is an absence of data in terms of benefits, and there begins to be suggestions in subgroup populations about potential harms, said Dr. Brian L. Strom, chairman of the committee and a professor of public health at the University of Pennsylvania. He explained that the possible harms included increased rates of heart attacks and an increased risk of death, end of quote. God's position has not changed. Salt is good. There are many examples of God's position and man's disobedience and the resultant devastations published on God Said, Man Said. We have reported on these issues decades ago, and of course we have always been right, because God Said, Man Said was simply citing the Word of God, and it is always true. The cover of the June 23, 2014 issue of Time magazine reads, Eat Butter. The subhead reads, Scientists labeled fat the enemy. Why they were wrong. More from that feature will follow later. The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Margarine and Nutritional Armageddon. When the Lord visited Abraham in the plains of Mamre just prior to the cataclysmic destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, he ate a meal that Abraham had prepared, Genesis eighteen seven and 8. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it unto a young man, and he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. In etymology, which is the study of language, there is a principle known as the rule of first occurrence. It means that the first time a word occurs in language typically defines its original meaning. The account I've just read to you in Genesis is Butter's initial entry into the written world and its sitting on God's supper plate. God's word prophesies of the mighty Lord of glory, Jesus Christ, and writes in Isaiah seven fourteen and 15, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. Butter comes highly endorsed. Part of the sub-headline in a feature article in Better Nutrition reads, How the Margarine Craze Brought America to the Brink of Nutritional Armageddon. Margarine is partially hydrogenated vegetable oil. According to Dr. W. Willett, Ph.D. M.D. of Harvard, it can be conservatively estimated that approximately 30,000 deaths per year in the United States are attributable to trans fatty acids from partially hydrogenated vegetable oil. This is exactly what a stick of margarine is. 
In the over 40 years that American medicine has been pushing margarine down the throat of its followers, if the rate has remained constant, over 1,200,000 deaths are attributed to its namesake, partially hydrogenated vegetable oil. And that is just in America, which is about 5% of the world's population. If we prorate that number worldwide, it would be 24 million. Who killed all the people? End of quote. The title of the Time magazine feature is Don't Blame Fat, written by Brian Walsh. A few excerpts follow. In the year 1977, the year before I was born, a Senate committee led by George McGovern published its landmark Dietary Goals for the United States, urging Americans to eat less high-fat red meat, eggs, and dairy, and replace them with more calories from fruits, vegetables, and especially carbohydrates. By 1980, that wisdom was codified. The U.S. Department of Agriculture issued its first dietary guidelines, and one of the primary directives was to avoid cholesterol and fat of all sorts. The National Institute of Health recommended that all Americans over the age of two cut fat consumption, and that same year the government announced the results of a $150 million study which had a clear message, eat less fat and cholesterol to reduce your risk of heart attack. The food industry and American eating habits jumped in step. Grocery shelves filled with light yogurts, low-fat microwave dinners, cheese-flavored crackers, cookies. Families like mine own followed the advice. Beef disappeared from the dinner plate. Eggs were replaced at breakfast with cereal or yolk-free beaters, and whole milk almost wholly vanished. From 1977 to 2012, per capita consumption of those foods dropped, while calories from supposedly healthy carbohydrates increased. No surprise given that breads, cereal, and pasta were at the base of the USDA food pyramid. We were embarking on a vast nutritional experiment, as the skeptical president of the National Academy of Sciences, Philip Handler, put it in 1980. But with nearly a million Americans dropping dead from heart disease by the mid-80s, we had to try something. Nearly four decades later, the results are in. The experiment was a failure. We cut the fat, but by almost every measure, Americans are sicker than ever. The prevalence of type 2 diabetes increased 166% from 1980 to 2012. Nearly 1 in 10 American adults has the disease, costing the health care system $245 billion a year, and an estimated 86 million people are pre-diabetic. Deaths from heart disease have fallen, a fact that many experts attribute to better emergency care, less smoking, and widespread use of cholesterol-controlling drugs like statins. But cardiovascular disease remains the country's number one killer. Even the increasing rates of exercise haven't been able to keep us healthy. More than a third of the country is now obese, making the U.S. one of the fattest countries in an increasingly fat world. Americans were told to cut back on fat to lose weight and prevent heart disease, says Dr. David Ludwig, the director of the New Balance Foundation Obesity Prevention Center at Boston Children's Hospital. There's an overwhelmingly strong case to be made for the opposite. We have known for some time that fats found in vegetables like olives and in fish like salmon can actually protect against heart disease. Now it's becoming clear. 
that even the saturated fat found in a medium-rare steak or a slab of butter, public health enemies number one and two, has a more complex and in some cases benign effect on the body than previously thought. New research suggests that it's the overconsumption of carbohydrates, sugar, and sweeteners that is chiefly responsible for the epidemics of obesity and type 2 diabetes. Refined carbohydrates, like those in uh, fake wheat bread, hidden sugar, low-fat crackers and pasta, cause changes in our blood chemistry that encourages the body to store the calories as fat and intensify hunger, making it that much more difficult to lose weight. The argument against fat was totally and completely flawed, says Dr. Robert Lustig a pediatrician at the University of California, San Francisco, and the president of the Institute for Responsible Nutrition. We've traded one disease for another. Monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fats, the kind found in some vegetables and fish, were found to be beneficial to heart health. The Mediterranean diet rich in fish, nuts, vegetables, and olive oil surged in popularity, and it's worth noting that the Mediterranean diet isn't low in total fat. Not at all. Up to 40% of its calories come from poly and monounsaturated fat. Today, medical groups like the Mayo Clinic embrace this diet for patients worried about heart health, and even the fat-phobic AHA has become receptive to it. There is growing evidence that the Mediterranean diet is a pretty healthy way to eat, says Dr. Rosemarie Robertson, the chief science officer of the AHA. A 2010 meta-analysis, basically a study of other studies, concluded that there was no significant evidence that saturated fat is associated with an increased risk of cardiovascular disease. Ultra-low-carb diets have come in and out of vogue since Dr. Robert Atkins first promoting his version nearly 50 years ago. It has never been popular with mainstream medicine. The American Diabetic Association once referred to the Atkins diet as a nutritionist nightmare. Studies by Westman found that replacing carbohydrates with fat could help manage and even reverse diabetes. A 2008 study in the New England Journal of Medicine that looked at more than 300 subjects who tried either a low-fat, a low-carb, or a Mediterranean diet found that people on the low-fat diet lost less weight than those on the low-carb or Mediterranean diets, both of which featured high amounts of fat. Those results aren't surprising. Study after study has found that it's very difficult to lose weight on a very low-fat diet, possibly because fat and meat can produce a sense of satiety that's harder to achieve with carbs, making it easier to simply stop eating. And finally, Walsh writes, How we eat, whether we cook it ourselves or grab fast food takeout, matters as much as what we eat. So don't feel bad about the cream in your coffee or the yolks in your eggs or the occasional steak with Brene's if you've got the culinary chops. But don't think that the end of the war on fat means all the extra value meals you can eat. As Katz puts it, the cold hard truth is that the only way to eat well is to eat well, which I'm thankful to note doesn't have to include skim milk. End of quotes. Following the ecological and dietary instructions from the engineer of all life's field manual, the Holy Bible, simply makes good sense. 
Wherever God places his imprimatur, children of faith stand to be counted, and they reap the benefits of sound sowing. God said, Genesis 18, 1 through 8, And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and, lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door, and bowed himself toward the ground, and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree, and I will fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort ye your hearts. After that ye shall pass on, for therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, So do, as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah, and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes upon the earth. And Abraham ran unto the herd, and fetched a calf tender and good, and gave it unto a young man, and he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk, and the calf which he had dressed, and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. God said, Isaiah seven fourteen and 15, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. God said, Proverbs chapter 35 and 6, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee and thou be found a liar. Man said if the Bible were actually authored by an all-knowing creator God, it would be replete with marvelous pronouncements. Where are they? Now you have the record.